Okay, I'll do it. <clears throat> I'm Jen, she's Lex, and we are your long-lost bachelorettes. It is our first episode back in about three months, four months? Wait, a long, no, longer than that. No, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. It's been like three months, three, four months. <laughs> We've been on vacation, vacation, y'all. You know, vacation, Lex has been on vacation. I've been at work, thank you, working like, you know, a nine to five, being all boring and thing. Only it's not actually a nine to five, it's just you know, work. So working for the man, working for the man <laughs> and the woman. Cause you know, I also have like side stuff going on, but we're going to mm-hmm. get into what we've actually been up to. But first mm-hmm. I want to address the elephant in the room, which is that, yes, I am recording in my robe. Mm-hmm. We are comfy y'all. Like we, <laughs> we have been trying to record and we were like, okay, well, today we're going to record. And so Jen's in her nice fancy robe. I'm in my old high school PE shirt that my mom bought for me when I was 14. Like she bought me a like triple XL thinking, <laughs> thinking I was going to grow into it. And I'm 31 and I still haven't grown into it. Triple <laughs> XL. Like what did she think was going to happen to you? I have no <laughs> idea. I have no idea. And I'm skinny as fuck. But y'all, y'all know I'm bony. What did she, what did she think? I don't know what she thought, but it, it did not come to fruition. And that's the most important part of this dynamic. Okay. Mm-hmm. The, it, it won't even fit me. It looks like it's swimming on you. It, I mean, cause if it's still big on your tits, we have like similar sized boobs. It's right? not going to fit. It's not going to work. But that's why it's my favorite sleep shirt now. So thanks mom. She was, she was looking ahead ahead. <laughs> she was looking into your future. That's right. right. Not about your athletic prowess, but about what no. you'd want to sleep in when you're 30. What I'd want to sleep in like. 15 years later. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so Lex, I want to let you go first because you've had a lot going on. You know, you were in Ghana for a while. Now uh, you're back in Antigua. You went through Carnival. You posted some very funny reels on your page with <laughs> things from Carnival, etc. So I know everyone's been excited to see your face on, you know, the Hey, I Like a page. So tell everyone what you've been up to since the last time we connected, which was many, well, connected on recording yes that's true because we've connected since like just so y'all know jen and i are friends in real life we still talk outside of the podcast so it's not like she's completely in the dark (laughs) but she knows what i've what i've been up to so just to update y'all what have i been up to girl it's been a lot ghana was a lot i'm not gonna lie i was being a hoe it was fun (laughs) it's very fun um if you oh if there are any black women out there who are thinking of like going to Ghana, just do it. Go, go. Don't even think about it. Just book the ticket and just go. I can't tell you how nice it was to be in a country where you're just like appreciated as a black woman. Like not saying that it doesn't happen like elsewhere or that it like doesn't happen in the Caribbean. It does happen in the Caribbean. It's just that in the Caribbean, you know, they you kind of notice they appreciate like light skin, just like a little, a little smidgen, just a little smidgen more. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. But in Ghana, they really appreciate the brown skin, dark skin woman. Like you feel it. So that's my spiel. That's my spiel. Go Visit to Ghana. Ghana. Yes. Feel appreciated. Remember why you are totally valid and worthy of all the things that you want, you know, because these other countries will try to convince you that you're not at the end of the day. 
So that's my ad. <laughs> Lex being a motivational speaker and a member of the Ghanaian Tourism Board. Shout out to you. Exactly. Exactly. They need to hire me. <laughs> <laughs> so Lex was in Ghana, living her best life mm-hmm. in more ways than one. So mm-hmm. when did you leave Ghana? Just give people like a, a vague timeline. Oh, yes, 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 yes. I like went on that tangent. I did not say what that was done to. So I left Ghana um, at the end of June. And then I was in New York and, con- and between New York and Connecticut for like a week. And then I came to Antigua. I've been in Antigua since July 4th. <laughs> July 4th, I flew flew out from the States and came to Antigua. I was like, yeah, this is appropriate. This is how I'm celebrating. <laughs> That's air quotes, just so y'all know. Um, and I've been in Antigua ever since. Um, and then I'm going to go to Colombia at oh, September 10th is when we're leaving. And then I fly to wow. September 11th. So I have like a month, less than a month left in Antigua. Um, and then, yeah, and then I'll, be, I'll do the same thing in Colombia. I'll be in Colombia for six to seven months. And then I come back to Antigua. And then, I don't know, I'm just living my life <laughs> six months at a time, basically. <laughs> basically. Okay. I mean, so... Does this mean you completely divested from living in the U.S. at the moment? Because yeah, girl, yeah, the U.S. is just not the U.S. is not for me anymore. Yeah, I just it's like I'm grateful to be a U.S. citizen, but y'all living in the U.S. is rough. Like I know y'all know, I know y'all know. <laughs> me, me personally, I can't take a lot of suffering, so I'm like, you know what, I'm out. <laughs> Listen, and that's valid. That's absolutely valid. I can't see a lot of people. I mean, well, we've seen the big Blacksit, you know, since 2016, the Blacksit Mm. has been happening. Like, let's Mm -hmm. not pretend it's not occurring. So many Black people moved to Mexico, to Cancun, you know, places like that. You know, Tulum is a big hotbed of, like, Black expats at the moment. Mm -hmm. Um, Other places like in Europe, people are going places. And Ghana, too. Yeah. What about... If you were to say stay in the Caribbean but not in Antigua, would you live in like USVI or would you go to another US territory? You think Puerto Rico is an option? Uh, I don't think I don't think the territories are for me either. I just <laughs> I don't I don't want to I don't want to be in the US. <laughs> You're like I like what I like and it's home. <laughs> and exactly. It's home. I like I like um, the corruptness of home. <laughs> No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm We're, kidding. I'm kidding. We are joking. We are joking. Fret not, everyone. But yeah, I mean, there, there is there is some value there. There there is something to be said about the comforts of home and what that looks like and what that feels like. So you're home, you're going to Colombia. And so you're going to be in Colombia when we're covering Bachelor in Paradise. How do you think that's mm-hmm. going to work? It will just work. It will. <laughs> it will work. I remember I said, pray for me, Jen. It's, I'm not sure how it's going to work yet. I'm also going to be teaching from Columbia, too. So I don't know how that's going to go either. But it's going to work. I don't know how it's going to work, but it's going to work. <laughs> and how is your Spanish, by the way? I see, I see. <laughs> it's okay. Estudiando speak- Espanol para Duolingo. So. Yeah, I speak zero Spanish at all. So this works. I mean, pretty much you're already at an advanced level compared to me. That's that's how I'm taking it. No, girl. 
<laughs> but yeah, I'm excited. Oh, and that's the other thing is I want to, when I'm there, when I'm in Colombia, I want to get fluent in Spanish just to see if I can do it. So I'm going to try to take some Spanish classes. And you yeah, can do it. I'm just out here living my best life and that's pretty much it. <laughs> so I guess my other yeah. question is, because it's like an interview now, right? I'm, I'm interviewing you. I'm practicing I know, my chops. I'm wondering, I'm like, I'm waiting for the chance where I get to ask you all the questions. <laughs> well, there's not much to tell, so it's going to be real short. But... <laughs> <laughs> but so is your plan okay no let's let's backtrack in antigua are there hoeing opportunities for you there as well or are you on a hiatus <laughs> wow but until you go to colombia and do some more hoeing i just want to know like where are we well, at but hoeing never stops you know <laughs> why, <laughs> would why would it stop <laughs> so yeah i've been i've been a little hoe in Antigua too. We should have like a, we should have like a um after dark part of this podcast because I would I would totally tell y'all all my hoeing activities. I just don't know, don't want to bore the people who are not interested in you know what my vagina's been up to. So <laughs> <laughs> I, I guess it's oh. You know what? We will we will put that for later on in in the episode. But we'll give you all an opportunity. If this is something that you would like to hear, an actual hotel episode, <laughs> just like, you know, Blatchelorette's After Dark talking about ho activities. Yeah. When this episode drops, I'm going to give you an opportunity to vote on it. Mm -hmm. It's going to be on you our story. Yes. Yeah. It's going to be on the we're Twitter. Gonna out, we're going to put out a poll. Let us know if you want to hear about our hoeing activities, because y'all, between the both of us, we be having stories. Like, I'm not going to lie to you. Like, the stories are podcast worthy on their own, I swear. They are. They so... are. I do have a segment on Monogamish Pod called Hotels that I'm working on tentatively. You know, I include some of them in the newsletter. It, so hoeing is life for a lot of me and my friends, and this is what we do. But, you know, now that I've discussed Lex's vagina in great detail for all of you on yes. this episode, mm -hmm. um, I guess you can ask important. me stuff now. <laughs> I guess you can ask me stuff. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Jen. So since since we last recorded, what have you been up to? Where have you been? What's what's the 411? Tell us. Tell us what's going on. Well, you know, I went out and decided to get myself a regular, regular job instead of like freelancing all the time because your girl needs health insurance. So that That's means true. I had to be in New York for a whole month between May and June to do that. And in that time period, you know, I made some trips down to Miami. I had a work thing in Miami. I had a one day trip, not a one night, a one day trip in Toronto. So literally like 12 hours That's in crazy. Toronto for work. <laughs> Um, I went to Norway a couple of times with work. Um, I'm going to Berlin this week with work as well. Uh, so I just, I'd be between New York and my home in mm -hmm. DC and then wherever the company tells me to go, I go. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. that's kind of what that work situation is like. And yes, I am exclusively doing this for the health insurance. Um, <laughs> I went... I just, I want to be said, honest. No free promo, bitch. I'm in no it for promo. a reason. <laughs> I'm in it for the, so, you know, I went to New Orleans for a book thing. Um, Indie Love was like a book, pretty much a glorified book signing. Mm -hmm. um, for the romance listeners and readers, you who read black indie romance, you probably know who Indie Love is. And I will not be discussing New Orleans any further, aside from to say that my book club and I had a great fucking time. And that's all y'all need to know. <laughs> no, 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 no. Tell us something. This sounds, this New Orleans uh, trip sounds like it was lit. It was it lit? It was a fun time. We d we ate a lot of good food. We did walk Bourbon Street. 
I saw mm-hmm. people touching some random dude's snake and it wasn't code for a stick. I mean, an actual snake, like a oh massive snake. Um, a stranger grabbed me on the arm and his hand was wet. And so ew. I literally, exactly, I said, ew, no. And I like <laughs> cringed and walked away. I was very loud about that too. Everyone around just like looked and looked, watched me like pretty much just this man. But don't, don't be coming out. Don't be touching me in public like that. Ooh, gross yeah. ass. It, so that happened, um, you know, came back from New Orleans, was at home for a couple of weeks, did some more traveling. And then, then of course I got COVID. Cause of course, mm. when you travel everywhere and you do all this stuff, you end up getting COVID. So right. I'm actually just getting out of mm-hmm. COVID. I tested positive on the 1st of August. And so at home tests, of course, like rapid tests at home, PCR tests, for those who don't know, you can test positive for weeks even months later right because it's detecting trace amounts it's detecting trace amounts as opposed to like Mm -hmm. actual am i able to infect other people kind of vibes right so yeah and so yeah i'm now testing negative for covid still have some you know after effects super fun things there love to see it uh i love when covid activates your body in a negative way it's like hey (laughs) you have pre-existing conditions yeah, we're gonna make that happen for you. Right? It's like, hey, remember all this shit you had problems with? Mm-hmm. How about a flare up? How about a flare up? How about Thanks, we make this COVID. make this be a thing? So navigating that. So going back to work is gonna be interesting while I try to navigate, you know, my physical body again in this way. But yeah, that's that's my work stuff. You know, I read a lot of romance novels. I have some connections, you know, with my little black romance book club and you know, the read her book box and Christina C. Jones, who's mm-hmm. one of my favorite authors, you know, I, mm-hmm. I be out here just connecting with people, reading That's books, great. doing like, you know, I just, I just be doing fun stuff doing sometimes. Nice. Yeah. So what about your hotels? Last, <laughs> last we checked, there wasn't any going on, but I'm like, if I know Jen, <laughs> you know, it's not hoeing. It's just, you know, I'm getting to know someone. And so there has been some, you know, pooty tang times. Oh. <laughs> there has been some pooty tang times. Um, uh, in June, before I went to Norway for the first time with his company, um, they, you know, came over and, you know, I thought we were just going to hang out. And then, you know, I'm surprised there was some dick. So, <laughs> you know, it's not usually how it happens. Like, oh, hey, I it's like, be a friend. I want to hang out. Da, 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 da. Bam, dick in your face. Right. You know, I mean, <laughs> it was really face in my puss and then dick in my puss. And then, you know, here we are. <laughs> so, you know, that happened. And so they were still like in D.C. when I came back from Norway. So I, here I am thinking like, well, maybe we can like talk about this and like keep doing this. But they had COVID then. So uh, I didn't get to see them. And then they came back in July before I went back to work. They were here for a little bit and they were doing like a conference or something. So I, you know, took my whole ass to the hotel with a spend a night bag <laughs> and I got food. I got dick. And then I came back to my house and I got ready and I went to work. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, it's just. When I say work, I mean, I live in D.C., so that's me, like, getting ready to commute to New York to go to work. So it was just like, you know, there's a lot of layers to this. But, you know, they they live in L.A., this person. So they're in Mm -hmm. the California, which is why it's like a I'll see you when I see you. But we still talk every day kind of thing. So I'm I'm getting to know someone. That's what I will say. And 
other wholeness, I let her do buy me wings, which of course is the ultimate heights of hoary. <laughs> <laughs> of course, you slut. Of course, you I'm let such a, man a slut. Buy you ring? Why you wings? Why? Yes, <laughs> I went to a happy hour and I was feeling for wings, so I said I was going to go get some, and he was like, "I'll go with you. I too want wings." And I said, "Okay." So I ordered my wings and my drink, and I ate my food. And then when the lady came with you know the check thing, she was like, "One check or two? I said two, and he said one, and I said, "Okay." One it is. One. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm not fighting to pay for myself. You do if you want to pay, you go on ahead and do that. Right. So exactly. I let him pay, and then I was like, "Cool, I'm gonna go home now. I'm gonna call my lift, whatever. Mm-hmm. See you another time. I'll let you know when I get home." He's like, "Well, I don't have your number. How are you gonna do that?" I'm like, "We're friends on Fet. Like, relax. I can just message you on Fet Life. <laughs> it's fine." <laughs> oh, that's the guy you went out. Oh, and he paid- well, yeah, he had better. He had better pay for your wings. <laughs> right. So you know, I went out. And- you know, I messaged him, you know, I let him know when I got home on Fet. Fet Life, mm. for those of you who don't know, is a site for, you know, BDSM, you know, kink kind of thing, mm. like a social media networking site. I used to be on Fet when I was 18. And then I, of course, you know, 18. But, yeah, I did. And then I deleted my account just because, I mean, I wasn't there to talk to anybody. I just wanted to see what was going on. So right. <laughs> now I'm back on Fet for the events, not for really anything else. Mm. <laughs> I don't want, I don't want to talk to anybody. I just want to go to the <laughs> events because they don't post the events on Facebook. So you have to right. be like in the groups on FET to know when the kink events are happening. Right. So, right. Right. Oh, so that's, that's the thing in it. Mm-hmm. The job for the insurance and FET life for the events. <laughs> correct. Correct. Gotcha. You know, so I went to a black and kinky event, um, right before I got COVID. And, you know, just watch some demos of, you know, electro pay, some flogging, some, you know, wax play, fire play, you know, some interesting stuff. I got to see, you got to see people who are like trained to do these things, Mm. doing these things to other people. And that was nice. Oh, okay. That sounds very interesting. That sounds like a night. (laughs) It is a night. See, next time you come back stateside, if you ever come back stateside, we can go to my local dungeon and we can view some demos. All right, y'all, you heard Jen's taking me to her local dungeon. If I don't come back alive, you know, <laughs> you know who did it. <laughs> it was the, the doctor in the library with the candlestick. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but yeah, that's it. I mean, I told you my thing is much shorter than yours. You had a much more exciting time than me. Nah, girl. We we both have our exciting lives in our own way. I would have to say. I would have to say. My life is actually pretty boring. I just happen to be in places that sound exciting. <laughs> but I yeah. stay home and I eat my food and I watch TV. <laughs> but I mean, that's what I do too. Like when I go to Norway, I don't fucking go outside. I've been to Norway before. I don't need to go back. It's fine. <laughs> it's the same shit it always is. You know, it's white people. <laughs> and then it gets cold. <laughs> And in the summertime, there are mosquitoes. Like, I mean, I, there's really not much else to say. Like, and so some people are like, oh, but like, you don't like explore. You don't go to downtown all the time. I say, you know, liquor is expensive in Norway. It's also controlled by the government. So you have to go to the government run liquor store. They don't even sell beer like in the store. They don't nowhere sells alcohol on a Sunday at all really? nowhere sounds like nowhere toronto. like you know what i'm like saying Tor- i feel like toronto is like that too and it was kind of weird it was like mm-hmm. oh the government owns the liquor stores what 
There are so some states to... in the U.S. that do that too. Some states really? that do it here too, where you have like liquor laws and you can't do certain shit. You can't mail liquor to this state and all that stuff. Yeah, I you're not allowed. You're not supposed to mail liquor. But <laughs> shout out to that one UPS employee that let me mail liquor once. I was mailing my brother a bottle of rum from Antigua, and they kind of looked at me and they were like, "You can't mail liquor," and I was like, and then they were like, "Okay, we'll say it's apple juice." <laughs> So I mailed a bottle of apple juice to my brother in Florida from California. Yes, you did. Yes, you did. It sounds like it was a good time. But Mm -hmm. see, so like a lot of countries just have like this weird thing with alcohol, which I totally understand. But what they don't understand is that because they've restricted it so much the way they have, Norwegians are like heavy binge drinkers. Right. Mm -hmm. That's what they do. Yeah. Yeah. Because that I mean, that's the issue. I feel like. Because growing up in the Caribbean, you know, alcohol wasn't that big a deal. Like, your parents drinking a beer, they say, try it. <laughs> like, nobody was ever like, no, don't touch the liquor. You know, my parents' liquor cabinet was always there, like, and we never touched it. It was just so normalized. I feel like when you make it seem like something people shouldn't want, they just want it more. You know, like, yep. if you chain it up and gatekeep it, it's just going to make people want to rip down the gates. So... Yes, like they, yeah. they go crazy. And like when you go out to clubs, of course, everything is perfectly measured. There is no over, there's no free pouring. Mm-hmm. Everything is perfectly measured. Mm-hmm. And so like after the clubs close at like 2 a.m., you'll see people outside just like after party, after party, hoping someone has alcohol at their house to go to a fucking stranger's house and drink their liquor. Right. Like it's weird. <laughs> that is very weird, actually. Like, I don't know. See, this is why I can't go back to living in the States or any like, eurocentric country because they're just too rigid for me like the caribbean africa other places they're just so chill like oh yeah what oh you want to do this okay go ahead and do it even though it's highly illegal (laughs) it's fine (laughs) no we live we live a different life i think and like growing up culturally in the caribbean means that we have different relationships and experiences with authority and like rule and law and structure and order yeah because as much as things are like super tied up like in the caribbean is based on like you know this patriarchal christian society in a, as a whole we still have so many opportunities to like just let loose and just like say fuck everything yeah. and just do shit like yeah. we may have less holidays but carnival <laughs> is a whole endeavor there are parties all the time right? there's like all this stuff that we get to experience that I feel sorry for other people. Like, oh, you're not Caribbean? Wow, that must suck. Right? Like, my dad, my dad's running joke is, like, we just get it all out at Carnival. Like, yep. <laughs> you just get it all out Carnival, you know. You take a dance, you drink a little bit, you go party, party to your heart's desire, and then you can go back to work and just be like, you know what? I needed that. <laughs> I needed that release. Exactly. So, I'm inviting all of our listeners to Antigua for Carnival, by the way, just so you know. Antigua's Carnival is one of the best the best carnivals, the best kept secret, in my opinion, if, I, if I'm being honest with you. Like, other carnivals are cool. Like, Trinidad Carnival is cool, but it's crowded. There's traffic. It's congested. It's just, it's not a good experience. Um, Barbados, same thing. It's crowded. It's not as, not as crowded, not as congested, but you got to get on lists 
to go to fets. You got to get on lists to go to parties. So it's limiting. Antiques Carnival is that magical place where there is no traffic, no congestion. You just show up and go and nobody asks you questions and you have a great ass time and you bounce. And, and you so, get to go to the bread shop or for a shawarma after. Yes, at four, five, six in the morning. I had a cousin from Vancouver visiting his first hour in at his first event. He was like, I'm coming back next year. <laughs> like, not even an hour in. He was like, oh my God, I'm coming back next year. So I was like, damn, it's been an hour. Like, we haven't seen shit yet. Listen, and wait. that was a week of festivities. So is your cousin the one that was driving the car that you were in yeah stories because yeah. I, I peeped that and i was like i have a feeling people are sliding into lex's dms like who was that who was that he oh my cute. gosh yeah just just a couple not a lot just a couple just a couple of people were like hold up this guy is cute and i had to be like he's 23 like y'all just leave him alone he got a girl like <laughs> i mean what the girl got to do with me the most important <laughs> thing to me is that he's 23 that makes him a children and i can't do it <laughs> So you weren't worried about the girl at all, just the age. I am never worried about somebody else's thing. I'm polyamorous, so yes, yes. I'm not going to help you cheat. But to be honest, your girl probably let me better anyway. So here we are. Ah. Like <laughs> oh, my God, Jen. We definitely got to have that after dark section because there may or may not be <laughs> someone who wants me to help them cheat. I don't know. I'm not. I didn't say anything, though. <laughs> No, we ne we never said nothing, 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 nothing. Oh no, but, we didn't uh, hear what you, you heard. Know, <laughs> since you've been living this life, have you been watching anything on TV? No, you know what? And this is something very important. I wanted to talk uh, to our listeners about and you about Jen. <laughs> but <laughs> I have not been really watching anything. And at first, I was so confused because like Netflix is life, watching shows is life. You know, never have I ever came out, and I was so excited to he even hear about season three and I just haven't watched it. And like, I haven't watched Indian Matchmaker. And I had to ask myself like, Aleka, why are you not watching anything? Like, what is going on? Usually like when I'm not doing something I love, I feel like it's because I'm depressed. So at first I'm like, am I depressed? I'm like, no, I'm not depressed. I realize I'm not watching things because I'm just so happy with my life. Like. <laughs> used like when I was in California when I was in Oakland I was watching a lot of things just to like numb things or to not focus on other things and so now that I'm happier and I'm able to like focus on other things I'm able to confront things and I, I realize I need to watch things less and less and less so I actually don't really watch anything now it's kind of strange but I want to I want to get back into watching stuff yeah. Once I have a show, which is why I'm so happy we have this podcast, because once we have a show, I will definitely take the time to like watch something. But on my own, it's just it's like not happening. Yeah. So. I, I mean, I noticed that it wasn't happening. I, I was aware. That's why I had to ask a question for everybody else to know what's going on. So for me, I mean, yes, I'm depressed, but that's not why I'm watching TV. <laughs> I I enjoy certain shows, right? So I haven't been watching reality TV because nothing's really been pulling me in. So I'm vaguely mm. interested in like F-Boy Island and all these other shows. I'm interested in a vague sort of way, but I'm not trying to like, you know, like dive super deep into it. You know, we, we talked about the courtship. When did the courtship end? Whenever I ended. So that's probably like our last episode, <laughs> whatever. Like I talked about the courtship. I watched it. I shared my thoughts with all of you. Mm -hmm. but that's the last reality TV thing that I've watched. 
at this particular juncture, right? Mm-hmm. I started rewatching season one of Indian Matchmaker because I realized I never finished it. So, and I've forgotten everything. So oh, I'm like, really? I want to see Seema Auntie. Yeah. So that's I. True. That's true. I need to rewatch that too. You know? So Seema Auntie, I'm just remembering how she was with Aparna. Like, you know, when I think about Aparna, she makes me feel tired. <laughs> <laughs> you know what's funny is I think about that girl all the time, Aparna. Like, I think about her all the time. <laughs> it's so weird. Like, this girl doesn't know me. I don't know her. But just watching her growth on that first season, I think about that all the time. I'm like, wow, she really was difficult. And then she just ended up feeling so good about herself. Like, <laughs> Yes. And I part happened. of it. Private is her mother is toxic as fuck, but like we're not even gonna get uh, yeah, really exactly. into that. That's yes, you know, that's exactly. a part of <laughs> issues are also family familial issues. So she needs therapy, is what she really needs. But we don't exactly. we go we don't get there. So I'm at episode four of season one. So this is the first reality TV thing that I've touched since the courtship. Just mm-hmm. so we're all on the same page here. Um I've been watching my regular shows in the interim. You know, it's the final season of Motherland Fort Salem. So I've been watching that weekly. Final season of whatchamacallit? Roswell, New Mexico. It's been canceled. So I'm trying to, I don't really like where the storyline is going, but there's a cute black guy in it. So I keep watching it. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and also mm-hmm. Michael Trevino, who played, he plays Cal Valenti, like in Roswell, New Mexico. He also played, uh, what's his name on Vampire Diaries? The werewolf, Tyler, the werewolf on Vampire Diaries. And as much as I hated him in Vampire mm-hmm. Diaries, I did. Yeah. And even though he's white, I do find him like kind <laughs> of, you know, there's something about him that I'm like, you know what? I would let you eat me out. Let's do it. So I also watched the show for that. (laughs) And I'm also rewatching a bunch of other shows. Like, you know, when you're super, when I'm super depressed in a place or like when I'm just not really to deal with what's happening outside in the world, you know, Mm -hmm. COVID monkeypox, you know, all the other things are happening. I have come, I have comfort shows that I rewatch and they're different kinds of comfort shows. So -hmm. what I'm rewatching right now is Battlestar Galactica and person of interest. And I'm also anti-cop show, which is why it's so funny. I actually rewatched POI, but I rewatch it because I'm more interested in the whole machine element and just waiting for us to get to the lesbian part. Which <laughs> <laughs> I'm finally at that part. Of course, Taraji's in the show. She's a great actress. She was acting her ass off in the series, right? Mm. But I was just waiting to get to Root and Shaw. <laughs> That's really what I watch. <laughs> I watched to get to this point. I get excited about this point. And I, I love this. Uh, you know, Root is played by Amy at Amy, not Acker, Amy, maybe it is Amy Acker, actually. She played Fred on Angel, the series, back in the day. You know, thin, brown hair, kind of wispy. If if you like vampire stuff, then you know what I'm talking about, listeners, okay? And then Shaw is played by the girl that played Carmen on The L Word. So if anyone watched, okay? So you see this, like, fiery Latina, like, cute thing. Mm -hmm. People that I would never Mm -hmm. actually sleep with in real life, but I want to watch them bang on the show. Watch them sleep with each other. I want to watch them do it to each other on the show. Use your fingers. (laughs) Use your tongue. Lick it. Lick it. That's pretty much me at the screen. I'm like, why aren't you guys having sex yet? They just met. (laughs) And she tortured her. And she tortured her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, let's, let's, the torturing is foreplay. Let's go to the part where y'all actually hook up. Okay, let's do that. (laughs) Um, Yeah, are you sure you just don't want to watch porn? (laughs) Porn is not exciting to me, okay? 
Porn is not that exciting. I also have like very weird niche interest in porn these days that we'll talk about on the After Dark episode. No one needs to know that right now. Okay? Kids are going oh, back so to you school. Need, you Your kids might be in the car. Okay. So. That's true. That's true. The kids, the kids don't need to hear about the porn. They don't need to know about that. But, you know, I'm watching those two as comfort shows. And I also have other shows I'm rewatching, but I'm focusing on those two right now. So mm-hmm. person of interest, I'm at my season three rewatch, mm-hmm. season three and part of the rewatch. Bastard Galactic Council in season one because it's a heavy show. Now, don't get me wrong. I know every single thing that happens in the show. Mm-hmm. I've rewatched it multiple fucking times. I know everything. I know every plot point. I know everything. To the point where I even watch Battlestar Galactica stuff out of order because I like my because order you- of watching it. <laughs> Right. Oh, right, right, right. I know exactly how you feel. That's how I watch Seinfeld. Yeah. <laughs> I watch so, it in you know, my own order. So, <laughs> you know, that's it, right? I watch mm-hmm. how I want to watch it. But I still enjoy, like, you know, the discovery, like that that mental discovery of myself for the first time. Like, oh, my God, Cylons, they look like humans. Oh, my God, this person's a Cylon, that person's a Cylon. Ah, I love that. So I'm I'm doing some stuff. I kind of started mm-hmm. to watch the new season of Grownish, which focuses on Junior, which is Zoe's oh, brother. Yeah. It's, oh, oh, really? Yeah. I kind of want to watch Grownish. Maybe I should start it. Because, like, I've heard a lot of people, like, talking about Grownish. And at first I was like, eh, it, you know, because it was, like, ABC Family. Is it even still? No, it's Freeform. My bad. I just uh, showed my it age. Ha- it hasn't been ABC Family in many years. But to I be know. fair, it was Fox Family first. So let's yes. show my age for a second. That's what I was going to say. It was on Fox Family. And I'm like, no, Fox Family is now ABC Family. And then I said that. I'm like, no, ABC Family is now Freeform. We're anyway, too old. <laughs> we are. It's on that channel that's known for cheesy ass shows. So I was like, eh, even if they it is grownish, it's not gonna be grown grown. But I've been hearing some things. Like they be showing some things, and I'm like, hold up, do I need to watch this? Because it sounds like some grown up shit come happening. It is, but I I think that Zoe still remains an unlikable character, mm. and so it's hard to root for her ever at all because she's so unlikable and so like self-centered in a way like there's a lot of mm-hmm. things going on with zoe that i've watched all the episodes right i've watched everything on this i've been following since season one episode one but yeah i still don't like her really? <laughs> like i still don't like her after all these years <laughs> I, don't like her. I still don't like her after all these years and that's fine because she is too young for me to like her you know she right. in the show she would just graduated college Right. So that means that like she's like 21, oh, 22. Yeah. So she is too young for me to relate to her. And that's part of the right. reason too why I don't like her. Yeah. You know? And so there's that. But if you're talking about Freeform, what you should be watching is The Fosters and then watch a spinoff of That Good Trouble. The Fosters? What's The Fosters about again? The Fost lesbian couple who adopt a bunch of kids. Really? Yeah. They're, they're called oh, The God. Fosters. No, Foster families. You know what I did watch? I watched what? the latest season of Atlanta, and now that's all I can think about. If you t- Did you watch the latest season of Atlanta? I haven't seen it yet. I've been trying to build up to it. I've been trying to build up to it. I haven't so, I haven't been excited about it, and that's why I'm just like, eh, I'll watch it when I watch it. So I don't care about spoilers. You can tell me anything. I really liked it. But there's... Okay, so you can kind of watch it out of order. Like, there are these... Some there are some episodes that are just like one offs that just like like talk about like a situation, and there's oh actually there's one really good episode about a Trini funeral. You need to watch it, and that's a standoff episode. You can just go and watch that. It's episode seven. <laughs> okay. But <laughs> and they have the accents. They nailed the accents. They nailed the Trini accent. I have to say, but there's this one episode where it's like these two this lesbian couple 
adopts just keeps adopting all these black kids and trying to live off the like the the checks the you know because you when you foster kids you get checks or whatever so it was it was it was crazy so when you say that i'm like oh uh." (laughs) oh no it's not like that it's not like that it's not like that Mm -mm. none of that okay Okay. so it's it's an interracial couple right so the wife the white one obviously is a cop used to be Mm -hmm. married to a man who was also a cop they had a child together. She's a lesbian, so they divorced, right? Mm-hmm. The, uh, the other wife, so that's, you know, Steph. And Lena is a black woman. You know, light-skinned black woman, but a black woman nevertheless, right? So she's like an educator, whatever. And so they raised Brandon, who was, you know, Steph's kid from the previous relationship with the man. There's a man, right? right, right? right. Mm-hmm. Um, so then they have other children they have adopted. So they have um, Jesus and Mariana, who are Latina, white Latina kids. Mm. And... The show kind of comes together because they've brought in, you know, like other kids into the household, Callie and her brother Jude, because, you know, their mother died when they were young. And so they've been in and out of system more or less all this time. And Callie's kind of like the problem kid in a sense. Oh, right. Okay. So having been to juvie, whatever. And so she gets she and the brother get placed with this family mm-hmm. and they, they have good conversations about queerness, about transness, you know, about like drug use so they they have pretty evolved conversations it's done by peter page who played emmett on queer as folk if you ever watched that the original queer as well the u.s original queer as folk because there's a british one but um yeah so it's done by peter page it's really really great storytelling in the sense where you're kind of seeing a lot of things there is a problematic thing about it which i will just tell you up front because you're going to see it from day one it's fake incest and no I'm just gonna I'm just gonna tell everyone yes there there is a fake incest thing that happens because you know she's the foster sister Callie's the foster sister of Brandon but there's an attraction there and again this is at a time where she doesn't expect to be adopted there's no like expectations of that but she does end up being adopted and so like later on again this is this is a mild spoiler but it's relevant because I have to tell you that they do have sex at one oh point God. prior to this whole adoption thing happening oh before she was adopted before she was adopted they do have so sex just like drama <laughs> so, so it's just kind of like in the back of my mind i i can't rewatch certain parts of it because i'm just like you fucked your brother you fucked your brother you yeah, fucked your brother yeah. right so but i mean callie then you know they, they date other people he gets married to somebody things things progress for the future right yeah. okay, so now okay, we're okay. at the good trouble stage which is the spin-off of the fosters and it's covering Callie and Mariana because, you know, their sisters, they moved to L.A. to start this life. They're living in like an intentional living community mm-hmm. called the Coterie. And so it's a lot of different kinds of people. You have, you know, an Asian, you know, lesbian comedian. You have a black, you know, like social justice warrior. You have weird white roommate because you always have a weird white roommate. You have, yeah, you know, a, a white roommate who is more plus sized because, you know, and she's also a teacher. She's actually doing like Teach for America. So you kind of get like the different facets of what it's like to be in your 20s like having graduated college working the big time whatever mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. so i like the good trouble a lot because it's more adult in the sense where yes they're in their like 20s but like dennis who's a guy who lives there he's like in his like 40s or something oh. like he's late, late 30s early 40s but he's mm-hmm. dealing with grief which you find out mm-hmm. later on and that's why he lives oh. there he oh, likes being okay, around okay. people so you know it's okay, it's okay. weird there's an older guy who lives there but it's not that weird because when you find out what's going on with him you're like oh this makes sense you know (laughs) kind of thing but it's it's good because it's exploring the adult side of those relationship Mm. things like you know Mm. it has sharonis jackson in there if that's like a little thing for you sharonis is in there for a season or so um 
sure. Dro on insecure. Dro on insecure. Oh, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So you got a, you got a couple of good people who show up in this, and some great conversations are had. And mm-hmm. I just I think that. I could sing Good Trouble's praises just on the polyamorous representation alone, on the queer representation oh. alone, on like the BLM, like kind of like talking about that angle of it as well. Because Callie, later on, you know, in Good Trouble, she's a lawyer. So or she's like, you know, she's clerking for a judge who's like conservative. Like you see a lot of different elements at play where it's like, how do I battle like my values and what I want and how I believe and how I was raised by my, you know, lesbian foster mm-hmm. moms in a sense. And against somebody whose ideals don't match who is not doing mm-hmm. the same who is how can i work for someone like that in right. my ideal wise and you know having to be confronted with that and then having like this roommate who was like very much like protest blm like whatever so you're working mm-hmm. pretty much at opposite ends of the spectrum despite having the mm-hmm. same beliefs right so. and having to like manage both relationships i tell you like mm-hmm. Maybe I should watch that because that's what I had to go through the past couple of weeks. I, I mentioned like, well, I, I don't know if I mentioned, but I had some cousins staying with me. I, I did mention because I was my little cousin. So it was my little cousin and his dad and they were staying with me. They're very conservative, very like when I tell you their views are completely opposite of mine. It was like, yikes, like and it was but it was so like, you know, half of me is like, fuck these people, <laughs> like you know, and then the other half of me is like, they're my family, though. Like, what am I going to do? You know, they're living with me for three weeks. Like we have to get along. So I was forced to, like, you know, get along with people whose views I do not agree with whatsoever. Um, and it was it. I feel like it changed like some things for me because I was like, oh, I can like chill and just leave people to have their opinions and not argue <laughs> i could protect my peace this is nice <laughs> yep and you know how i feel i don't argue with nobody unless you're paying me i'm not gonna do that with you right I, that's what i realized i was like you know arguing is not worth it if it's one thing if you're asking me my opinion fine i'll give you my opinion but it's another thing if you're just like out there just blasting your views for anybody to listen to to hear and you're just not open to um critique then i'm just gonna shut up because it's like all right you just want to talk you just want to hear yourself <laughs> yeah you know? i usually just leave the room i just i just leave the room i'm that's it for me like you know but also i'm a I I don't fuck with these people person <laughs> i make it awkward i'm just like yeah it's quiet like <laughs> just i'm like you want to talk about that shit that's all you i will be keep i will keep in my lane sir and you do your thing and i'll be here sipping my juice <laughs> well sometimes sometimes i ask provoking questions and i'm like well okay but what does that mean yeah but definitely. no but like i i want you to explain that to me like what does that mean you know um when you say that what 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 exactly are you referring to i try to drill down into it because half the time they don't even know what the fuck they're talking about they it's just have rhetoric. zero clue they have zero clue what they're talking about and i'm just it's like you know sometimes you know when you see when someone's talking to you about something and you just see glaring holes in their argument and you're just like I don't even have the strength. Like this, if you don't see these glaring holes, that means it's gonna take a lot of work <laughs> to get you to see the glaring assholes. <laughs> and I was like, nah, just I can't. So like one of my cousin's beliefs is that women should be not be working, right? <laughs> like should be at home, you know, taking care of the kids. And I'm like, I can't even argue with you because this is such a basic, like <laughs> super basic problematic argument this is not worth my time 
Well, you know what? I I wouldn't even argue with somebody. I'd be like, okay, so what are you doing to ensure that your future partner will be able to stay home and just take care of the children? Are you going to be able to make enough money to manage a household of whatever size your dream size is and enough to have savings so that if you do happen to become disabled or lose some kind of employment, that your family will still be comfortable? And that's a very logical question, right? And it is I'm like, a and so, cause I always ask, I'm like, okay, so you want your wife to, be able to do this? I said, well, what if your wife dies in childbirth and now you have two kids, two infants and just you, Right. would you still go to work? How would you support your family? Who is going to stay home with the children? What if she doesn't like staying home with the children? That's my biggest thing. What if she, oh, no. what if you fall in love with someone and she's like half midway through, she's like, you know what? I want to do something else. Let's get a nanny and you have the means to afford a nanny. What you going to do? You going to say no? You going to tell your wife no? <laughs> and, and if you say no. no and she leaves you, then what? Then what? <laughs> <laughs> it just certain things i'm just like look if you do not see why this is obviously a bad idea i am not entertaining this conversation <laughs> correct correct i just I but cannot. you see again like a lot of people there's this thick clip that's going around about this like man just bad faith takes and he's like why don't women want to cook and clean at home anymore and the dude he's talking oh, to yes. is like, because they're tired. I saw that. Because they're tired. Like, and I was like, yeah, because we're fucking tired. It's exactly, exactly. the reason why. It's like, she's been at work that day. She's been working for eight hours. Do you want to cook and clean after you've been working for eight hours? You notice he didn't answer that question. He did not, not answer that question. He was just like, moved on to the next question. It was like, sir, but answer the question though. You don't want to cook and clean after working for eight hours. So why does she? <laughs> like... I don't understand, but you know what? There is hope on the horizon, y'all, because an article came out about how men are single and lonely. Like 62% of men are just single and lonely, and that, that number seems to be growing higher as women demand more healthier relationship standards. And so and I, I just want to say congratulations, woman. And I hope the men die that way. I hope they yes. die that way because <laughs> marriage is only beneficial to men. Why men Definitely. have longer lifespans when they are married. Women have shorter lifespans when they're yeah, married. Exactly. Can you imagine that? Like the thing that brings a man so much joy mm-hmm. kills us. It kills us. So it's like, and then, so they try to shame us for wanting to be single. They try to shame us for wanting to like, make sure if we do settle down with someone, it's worth it. Like they try to shame us and say, Oh, like, and you know, it's one thing <laughs> like men also try to threaten women too to be like, see, that's why you'll be single and alone. And I'm like, okay, that's great. <laughs> alone forever. Are you, pr- are you sure? <laughs> Sounds Do you wonderful. promise? <laughs> because they know that's their greatest fear. Their greatest fear is being single for the rest of their lives. And so they try to threaten us and say, if you don't do this, you will be single for the rest of your life. But what they don't know is women are getting to a place where we're like, okay, Anne. Don't, don't threaten me with a good time. Single for right? the rest of my life. Ooh, no baby. kids. Making my money, going on vacation every so often, great group of friends, great family relationships where we can swing it. Like, you know, like fucking whoever I want, whenever I want, don't play with me up in therapy, you know, getting our life together, being happy and at peace with ourselves for the rest of our lives. Hell fucking yeah. Like, (laughs) why not? Why the fuck not? That like, sounds I, wonderful. I missed the part where it's a negative, right? Like, I'm still waiting for the downside. I'm still right? waiting for that. 
I love my own company. I don't know about men, but I, I'm great company. <laughs> Whether I'm alone or not, yep. I'm wonderful to have in the room. So zero problems here. <laughs> no, but it's true. And I was talking to someone about that today and I was like, you know, the real issue is that men seek, okay. And I'm gonna preface this by saying this is a conversation about the different types of intimacy between people. Like, you know, we know platonic, which is like friendship, and we, a lot of people view romantic to mean that there has to be a sexual component to it, but romantic and sexual are separate. Hence mm-hmm. why asexual people and aromantic people exist, right? Mm-hmm. A lot of people conflate the two. So I find that men desire sexual companionship from women, but platonic and romantic companionship from other men, because mm-hmm. that's who they invest their time in. That's who they invest their relationships in. That's who they, they build futures with, right? My bro, you know, been my bro for the last 20 something years. Mm-hmm. That's who they invest all of that in. Women have one job, which is to service. And that is more usually sexually and then like in a housekeeper capacity in a sense, or like a, you know, for what do you call it? When you as a therapist sometimes. Therapist, <laughs> you make someone have a baby, whatever, like a surrogate of sorts for oh, your, yeah, yeah, your yeah, seat. Yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah, and yeah. so all you do is you seek the intimacy and the validation, et cetera, from other men instead of from your, you know, partners that you claim to view romantically. Mm-hmm. Those That's weird. Yeah. It's you know, <laughs> it's, it's it's a little odd and there's nothing wrong with that. It's okay to be, you know, what I call it, um, your romantic attraction. Um, yeah, it's okay to be homoromantic and heterosexual. Mm-hmm. Those two things can exist at the same time. I am. I never thought about that. You know? you know, and because I think women have this capacity to genuinely feel love and connection with a lot of, you know, different genders, different kinds of people, right? That we're not as tied to that idea of, oh, I, I can only like get this intimacy and thing from my girlfriends. Mm-hmm. That's why I got work husbands. That's why work husbands exist, mm-hmm. okay? Because <laughs> you can't tell me a work husband is not an intimate situation. <laughs> like when you really think it about is. it, the only thing this nigga is not getting his pussy. But <laughs> he's, he's getting your time eight hours out of the day. He bringing mm-hmm. you lunch. Y'all go in on little lunch dates at work. Right, he's paying you know, for shit. You like, complain to him about your nigga at home not acting right. Like you do all of those things with your work husband. That is an intimate relationship. Mm-hmm. And I would even say there are best friend husbands too who aren't, you're not fucking. Like, mm-hmm. like I feel like as women, we also have men who are like our friends. Like legit, they're like our friends' friends. It may not be completely platonic, but we're still not fucking like, but, and they still want to make your life easier and they still kind of flirt, but it's like, not like that serious and it's never going to cross the line. And so we have that option too. Like we don't, we, we are not limited to just having that kind of emotional intimate side with like just our friends or, you know, just a certain group of people. Like, we 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 are very capable of being close with a lot of different people. Men, however, they they can be. They're just not social. They're just not socialized to be right. So I I say we cu- I cut some cisgender heterosexual men slack because patriarchy also hurts them, right? But right. if you're not trying to evolve past that point, then I don't give a fuck about you anymore. No. So there's well, that. If, if- to me, it's like these podcasters definitely seem like it. Like like these are men who are so like concerned about the opinion of other men that they will let it dictate their actions and to me 
if that doesn't scream like you care so much about other men like why do you care that much like there's something going on there on a love man on a love man exactly and it's not derogatory it's just facts on obviously love man have you seen the podcast clip where the dude was like yo if your girl and your boys both planned like surprise vacations for you for your birthday and none of them can be rescheduled which one are you going on and dude straight up said i'm going out with my boys no what the fuck so why are you with her oh my god you'd rather be with your boys on your birthday than your girl wow see i don't Mm -hmm. know a lot of these and that's another thing right a lot of these men just be in relationships just to be in relationships because they know they're miserable without one you know it's like why y'all can't just be alone because at that point it's like you can just be alone and do a like guys trip you know like why are you with this girl and then leaving her on your birthday I don't know. You see, that's what I'm saying. Like this this farce of all, oh, yes, I love women. I want to be with women. Do you love women or do you love men? Do you? Exactly. Exactly. If you are so, if you are more concerned about the opinion of men than women, I think you might be in love with men. I don't know. And Could wait, there's a conversation to be had about like the male gaze versus the female gaze, right? Like the male gaze is like slicked up, muscular, like big buff mm-hmm. bodies. And the female gaze is Taika Watiti like and like Lenny Kravitz and whatever like like come on come on like when you think about like when you can aesthetically say oh yeah like big buff thick men are attractive to you right and because they're aesthetically appealing but when you talk about like what is your type Lex like what do you really go for if your ideal like in the room it is not gonna be like a, a, th- a slicked up version of Chris Hemsworth it's not going to no. be that guy, you know, mm-hmm. that's right not what now, we my want. Type, my type, my type changes a lot right now. My type is, uh, I would say my type is kind of thin, tattooed, drugged out looking. <laughs> Creative. <laughs> Just like a fine Pete Davidson. <laughs> like that's oh. A fine, fine Pete Davidson, not Pete Davidson himself, not white and not with that face <laughs> <laughs> listen i that's why i just had to i had i made a face that just had to be clear for a second because the things that you said at your type are half of my type so like i know i'm attracted to creatives so like mm-hmm. artists like musicians like poets writers whatever that is my jam that is what i'm into that's always been what i'm into because i love those things are considered like more quote-unquote feminine pursuits in a sense in terms of like how they're like oh you're a writer like what do you write kind of shit like if you're not writing like mm-hmm, misogynistic mm-hmm. shit then whatever i don't fuck yeah. misogynist. so i these are people that i'm tend to be attracted to right that's what i yeah. really want mm-hmm. and i was saying to someone the other day i said if i'm attracted to men or men presenting people i'm attracted to the more feminine energy in a man and again mm. i'm pansexual so everyone knows this about me this is not a secret i'm pansexual pan romantic pan all the things like pots pans oh my jeez i'm all, <laughs> all the pants it. All, all the, the whole damn kitchen. <laughs> but if we're talking about men, then people who present as men and are socialized mm-hmm. as men to like exist in the space, then I want the more feminine side of a man. Like I, mm-hmm. I like that feminine energy. That I'm not there to, you know, like, oh yeah, I bench pressed 300 the other day. I don't give a fuck. Yeah, what am I gonna do with I, that? I don't care either. And it's it's funny because I like I like the like masculine mass like super masculine presenting people, but I love the like more feminine emotional side scene so like if you if you were to show me like a lumberjack looking man with like the beard and the tattoos and the plaid and he was just like 
being vulnerable <laughs> that's it. something in this past i'll be like oh my god fuck me right now <laughs> exactly like, that's it it's over for me or like, he was like knitting or something like doing oh. something like, yeah right in front of a fireplace with some tea oh oh my god take me right here <laughs> i'm gonna tell you something like this is why i'm attracted to someone like aldis hodge who's like he makes watches he, he makes, makes watches. Watch. He makes watches. Oh my god, that just made him so much more attractive, <laughs> right? <laughs> you know, things like that. Like you know, um, yes, I'm attracted to like Lenny Kravitz because he's a musician. He's an artist in that way, right? I'm attracted mm-hmm. to Raphael Sadiq. You know, he's a musician. Like he's an artist. Like and again, he, he's very feminine gaze versus male gaze, right? Mm-hmm. But Winston Duke, those tree trunk thighs could smush my. He could he could suffocate yeah. me with that shit. And Definitely. I'm okay with that. Mbaku can blow my back out. This- exactly. <laughs> I think right? I said that once. Yes. <laughs> like, he can blow my back out. Okay? But you know what? It's also because as big and buff as he is, he radiates just the right amount of feminine energy. He does. Like, just you feel tiny- safe with him just looking at yes. him, don't you? Yes, exactly. I don't even know if it's feminine energy or it's just this like safe feeling. Like, you know, I'm not going to harm, you, even though I'm big and strong. Like, I just want to give you a hug. It's like, it's that type of energy that's like, yes, yes. 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 That's what I want. That's why he's attracted to me. Like, I feel like this is a little cinnamon roll man, like in big buff form. Like, he's going to be the yes, man that takes care exactly of me, it. like dotes mm-hmm. on me. Like, you're having cramps, baby. Should I rub your stomach? Yes, mm-hmm. baby. You need to do that. Mm-hmm. I guess that. really we just want men to be caring because men are not brought up to be caring whatsoever. They're brought up to be cared for, but not to be caring, <laughs> you know? Like, to mm-hmm. me, you can always tell when a man grows up with women versus when they grow up with men. And I, I, I tend to find the men who grow up with women are the ones who tend to be more caring, more conscious, more like attuned to your needs. And the men who grow up with men are just kind of like, or like, you know, with a super doting mother are just kind of like, yeah, the, like all the attention's on me. Why do I have to yeah. It's because part of it is also like the emotional incest realm of it, right? So there are some men who've been raised with all women, but there's like an inappropriate emotional relationship with the mother where the mother is like, oh, this is like my husband, whatever, whatever. Like these weird, cringy things that some women say about their kids. I'm just like, do you not think how weird that is? A husband is somebody that you fuck. Do you want to fuck your child? I asked someone that once and they were like, oh, that's disgusting. Why would you say that? This is my king. No. This is your child. This is your child. Exactly. This, this is not your th- king. Look, this okay. is your child. I have something controversial to say. <laughs> Lord have mercy. Here we go. We're breaking the internet today. We're breaking the internet today. And I know this is not about dating reality shows, but whatever. We're just chatting. <laughs> but lately I've been thinking, like, you know how we say, like, men are shit. And men, some men are, men are shit. You know, the patriarchy shit. Men are shit. But sometimes it's like... But we are raising, some women are raising some really shitty men. Like, it's like, yep. they didn't just appear here and were shit. They're shit. Some of them are shit because their mothers told them they can do no wrong. <laughs> they are the prince. They are the sun. They are the sky. They are the moon. They deserve the world for not doing shit. <laughs> for yep. not being shit. And it's like, I need us to do better. I need mothers to do better and hold your sons accountable and not let them think the sun shines out their ass because then this poor woman in the future is going to have to deal with that shit. 
Yeah. Or not, you know, he'd probably be yeah. single. For or not. You know, <laughs> exactly. But reinforcing the patriarchy in the home is just kind of like, ugh. Because it's cringe for you, right? Because as a mother, it's also like subjecting you to a role where your role is only to take care of every man ever. Like there is, you are right. never going to be an autonomous human being. You are a right. breeder. You are just like a vessel for right. a man to, you know, I just, I don't, I, I want better for a lot of people. And I want better for people to, I want everyone to get out of this, like, you know, capitalist, yeah. patriarchist, you know, Me colonial too. bullshit mindset, right? And there's a lot of unpacking that each and every one of us have to do internally. Mm -hmm. We have a lot of work we have to do, even as black people, right? Living in this world, right? But I just, I want better for everyone. I want everyone to be able to find love, whatever love that may be. It doesn't mean it's romantic mm -hmm. love. Like, aromanticism means that you don't experience romantic love. It doesn't mean you don't experience any other kind of love, right? Just to clarify. So mm -hmm. I want people to experience whatever kind of love appeals to them if they want to have sex or not have sex. I want people to experience all of those things in a way that does not harm anyone else. Exactly. And that's the biggest thing for me. It's like, let's not do harm when we're engaging that's my motto places. yeah that's my motto i'm like if it's not hurting anybody then do it do 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 it to your heart's content as long as you're not hurting people it's fine yes <laughs> as long as you're not actively hurting people it's fine correct that's what i care about don't hurt anybody yeah. and we're good we're yeah. doing great at the end of the day <laughs> so yeah. i guess the one thing i want to say that we've talked about all that shit and toxic masculinity and like patriarchy this season of the Bachelorette of the Bachelorette. <laughs> this season of the Bachelorette. Yes. Have you been uh, watching? Absolutely, fuck not. I told you I wasn't watching these two white people. I told you I wasn't. I watching. yeah, I haven't been watching either. But I I I might watch Hometowns if the black man makes it to Hometowns. I might watch it <laughs> just just to watch the black black people in Hometown. I think there's wait. I don't know how many black people there is, but um, right I now. There's two that might make it to hometowns, one on the east side. So Avon um, is also like black, but he's like super light skin. Yeah, so that's, that's the Rachel's guy. Side. He's the super light skin. Guy. Yeah, and then there's Nate, who is on Gabby's side. Right. The one he that had that. Boy. Yeah, the one that had the the fuck boy shit come out about him yeah. this week. Um, so there there's a lot of levels to this. Um, I don't know who's gonna end up where doing what because, like I said, I'm not keeping up with it. I just want it to be over so I can focus on paradise because that's what yeah. I care about. Um, I, I care about the black men from the show and Ethan Kang, who is the first Asian man to make it this far on the show. <gasps> He's still ever. on? He was I still assumed on. he would be gone within the first couple of weeks. Last time I wow. checked, he was still on. He made it to the cruise ship. That's what I know for sure. So Ethan wow. Kang was there. So I care about the men of color, more usually the black men, but you know, Ethan's there. So shout out to our token Asian. Um, doing what it got to do and like being visibly attractive contenders to people and like, capable of giving and receiving love like on the show like showing that there's not all this toxic bullshit that comes into it so right. i like that and i want to see more of that but also we know the show has run its course like we know the franchise has run its course like yeah, we know it definitely it's just become less it's just become less and less interesting like honestly like that's what I, was, I was telling jen the other day like honestly like i'm not interested in this franchise like it's just I'm not. I I want to. I'm actually interested in Paradise, not because of the franchise, but because I get to do this again. <laughs> yeah. I get to talk to Jen. Because <laughs> I get to tweet with y'all. Like, really, that's the only draw of the franchise for me. That's the only part I really miss, just like chatting and tweeting. And yeah. Yeah. So but actually, watching the show is my least favorite part of the yeah. show. <laughs> we we like. I I like Paradise because it's it doesn't take itself seriously. And I think yeah. it's the vein that the whole show needs to be in. The whole Paradise, show needs, yeah, is the best needs part to be of that. the whole franchise. Yeah. 
it's like because you're watching it and you're like oh it's obvious like this is this shit i mean it's juicy things to talk about but then it's obvious like it's not that serious at the end of the day versus the bachelor bachelorette they try to be a little more serious a little more dramatic um and it's just i don't know it's not working their formula they have a formula like you notice they have a formula and i don't know maybe the formula is working on their side but it's not working personally for me the formula is not working so that's the that's nope. the issue at the end of the day that their formula does not work for us <laughs> no it doesn't and then there's calls for you know body diversity now and mm -hmm. the franchise and i'm all for that but at the same time i'm also kind of like we haven't even gotten the racial diversity you were asking exactly. for yet so exactly I, mm, and it's I, like I, it's, a part of it's, me is just honestly on, on on the racial diversity side it's like you know they're doing it because they have to like you know or they feel like they have to if they didn't it would be an issue so they're honestly i feel like they're casting people of different skin colors just to discard them later so the question mm -hmm. is do you really do we really want this to happen to people of different sizes too like you know jen you know as well as i know if they cast people of different sizes it might just end up being the same thing they'll cast them just to have them discard them all before hometowns exactly like, or, be, be, or probably way before hometowns because a lot of black people get discarded way before hometowns so it's like do we want that <laughs> it's I, like i want the representation mm. yes but i'm so we need to like there needs to be better they need to to you know what i'm trying to say jen i'm sorry my yes a brain fart no it's okay <laughs> i do i do because and then the other side of it is that like look at this right look at what vanessa lachey said about the plus size women who were in uh love is blind season two. Oh, maybe they just weren't confident enough or like whatever whatever i'm like what it's fucking love is blind <laughs> bitch what they didn't what? even meet nobody they didn't even meet nobody i was looking at her like you know what the show this is that you you made, right? Like, you know what the show is. I just, th there's so, mm, I'm all about body diversity, racial diversity, having all those things, like actual representation and things. And we mm -hmm. talk about, oh, we're moving the needle. Like we have one black person here is moving the needle and we're doing all these things and going forward. And I'm like, yeah, but unless those same black and plus size people, people of color of like all, all this diversity we're talking about is actually getting like tangible, benefits from this the way the white creators are are they getting podcasts are they getting right, brand sponsorship exactly. deals like are, are we equitable in that mm -hmm. range as well because mm -hmm. when you think about it all these bachelor franchise podcasts how many of them have black people on them like the actual bachelor franchise podcast don't include happy hour because michelle just joined right and and i feel like when black people do get on them they're not on them for long right <laughs> So it's, it's, months. it's Natasha on clickbait. That's because she's a company woman. It's very obvious. She's in line with whatever the franchise does. Mm -hmm. And then you have Michelle and then Rachel was on it. Of course, before that for bachelor happy hour, cause they're former bachelorettes. That's the only reason they're on this, but right, notice exactly. they never asked Tasha. Tasha was on clickbait for a little bit and then that went away. Mm -hmm. And so it's just like, I, say, I it just doesn't last long. I guess that's Mike Johnson, but you all, we all know he's an op. So. Yeah, <laughs> definitely an op. Definitely a fucking op. Deep in the sunken place, that man. <laughs> so I just, I, I feel as if even like, you know, with Jared and Ashley and all these other people, like they're, they're having podcasts, which is why I, I want to support Ivan and Damar's podcast, The Vibe. And 
I even oh, got they some have a podcast. I didn't yep. know that. I oh. told you about it. Why are you trying to act brand new? I did send that to oh, you. Oh, because this that's how my brain works, Jen. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, she acted like I never told her. Y'all know I would never not tell Lex about that. Her man Demar having a podcast. We, of course I told her. It so, just feels like new information in my brain all over again. So they have their podcast. Ivan came under fire for saying that Rachel's behavior on the show was giving him red flag vibes. He said him personally. Really? Yes, because... Which Rachel? Rachel... No, 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 no. Rachel, the current Bachelor. Oh, Rachel. 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 Oh, oh, oh. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Because I guess she's canceled several group dates. Always crying over niggas who don't want her, whatever kind of thing. And it's like, yes, we get you're having a hard time. But if part of it is like to be in the moment and find the person who values you and supports you, why would you not lean into the guys who actually are here who value Mm -hmm. you and support you as opposed to harping on the ones who leave? Because if they're leaving, then why do we care? Kind of thing, right? right? Exactly. So, So Ivan's perspective was pretty much like if I was a contestant on the guy's side of things Mm -hmm. and she kept on canceling group dates and like canceling activities because she's crying over some dude who left, I wouldn't feel secure or valued in my place there either. Mm -hmm. And so for me, it's giving kind of like cringy red flag kind of vibes. And I'm like, yeah, I can see that. She'd be hung up on all the exes and not focused on the dudes who are right in front of her. That is kind of red flag vibes. Right. At least it's kind of like a, a hint that maybe that she's not into what you're offering. You know, if she's yeah she's not paying attention then it's like okay that's that's so, what she's <laughs> right so one of the guys went up to her and was kind of like you know i'm like disappointed i guess so there's a clip i've seen people like trashing this white guy named tino mm-hmm. who i guess is a front runner who confronted her i was kind of like you know i don't feel like you're really like giving your all into this process like, i don't feel like you're doing enough in our relationship kind of shit right oh. <laughs> i mean because she keeps canceling dates <laughs> she keeps right. like blocking like that time with the guys to the point where I think some people watching the show don't even know much about her final guys because they haven't seen them. Just she hasn't like, been on the dates. <laughs> she hasn't been on the dates. So we don't know who that is. How do we know who it is? Um, so, or like she'll cancel like the day portion of the date and only show up for the cocktail party, which is of oh, course okay. not enough time to like, you know, really see yeah, what yeah, they're yeah. doing. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's interesting, like the different kinds of conversations and discourse around how the men are responding to Rachel and like all these people being like, you don't understand her position. Like she just went through something terrible with Clayton and now she's the bachelorette and all the pressure and the producers are manipulating her. And it's like, so she's still feeling about Clayton. Shouldn't she not have been on the show? Shouldn't she not have done this? Like there, 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 there's like all this thing where it's kind of like, I'm all for women feeling their feelings. Women can do whatever the fuck they want to do as long as you're not, you know, being predators or anything like that. Right. Like they can do whatever the hell they want to do. <laughs> right. But, in the same breath, it's like, I can understand why someone who, as a guy in this instance, because, you know, she's into mm-hmm. dudes, will come on the show and feel not fulfilled by this right. process with her because of her not seeming mm-hmm. to devote that same energy as opposed and it's like staying in her head and not kind of like taking this external validation from the men who actually want to be there with her. Right, exactly. And it's also kind of like, is this what you signed up for? Though? Like, uh, like it's part of the show. Like, if you knew that you wouldn't want to be doing all of these dates. I don't know. This is the thing with this franchise, right? Everybody always acts surprised that they have to date multiple people. Everybody. The contestants, the lead, everyone is surprised all of a sudden. Like, oh, I have to date multiple people? Wow. This is part of it? And it's like, duh, this is part of it. Like, yeah. 
And, and if you I didn't un- want to do it, why did you sign off? <laughs> yes. And I understand the contestants feeling weird about it this season because it was a choice between two women. And it's not usually like that, right? So mm-hmm. them having to kind of figure out, okay, but who do I actually have this attraction towards? Like, who do I actually have these shared interest things in? And then one of the dudes, I guess, realized down the line that mm-hmm. he actually didn't want the one he ended up with. He wants the other one instead. Mm-hmm. So it's just like, you know, like that there's going to be stuff like that, that kind of flip-flopping, yeah. that kind of whatever. Because when you present them with choices and they're getting to know both of them in these unique ways, there's going to be feelings for both. Mm-hmm. And you're, right. just like how we, ha- we expect the lead to have feelings for multiple contestants, if there's more than one lead, the contestants will have feelings for both of them. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And I actually, I'm not going to lie. I kind of really like the idea of two different bachelorettes. I just was very disappointed that they were both white. But I really do yes. like the idea of two different bachelorettes because I totally believe in the idea of dating multiple people. Because when you date multiple people, you get to understand each person better for like how different they are and like the things that you like and the things that you don't. I don't know. There's this element of comparison where you can be like, oh, I like this, but I also like this, but I like this, and I like that they do this, and And does this person do this? Because I like that in this person. So I I honestly hope that they do multiple leads more often, just more. Yeah, but I think that the way they structure it has to be more like Joe Millionaire, way less women, way less people. And, And like allowing you to date the people like both people up until like a certain point like towards the Mm -hmm. end like Mm -hmm. and if you want to declare yourself early then you choose early but Mm -hmm. i don't think we should be doing this or after two weeks we expect them to pick it wasn't like literally two weeks but you know what i mean like especially with how little time you get earlier on in the show right exactly expecting them to choose at that point in time not really knowing much about them there's too many guys in the room still i think that there should be if they're gonna do this there is a way to do it by reducing the cast size, mm-hmm. not by half, but like from 30 something down to 20, because even yeah. that would be enough. And because we don't then, even really need 30 something. Like we don't know half the people on the first night. We don't know that. <laughs> and we, we sent we home like, people? we sent home like six of them on the first go anyway. Like why right. do we even bother? Yeah. So, Unless it's like one of those things where if, even if they do have 30 people, that's just like this giant cut <laughs> in the beginning and you come down to the people that they kind of like are really into, you know? Yeah. Something. I don't know. So we don't I don't know. That's people. why I liked how Joe Millionaire did it. Cause like the guys met and they were like, okay, this is who we're kind of feeling. This is who we're not kind of feeling. You like them. I don't really yeah. like them as much. Like, let's talk about this some more. And they make cuts together as a unit in that way. Yeah. yeah. Because I think that's what makes the most sense as you're mm-hmm. going through this process. So I don't know. Like I said, I haven't watched the season. I've just, I have barely even been keeping up with the podcast and the discourse around it. I just, yeah. I, I perk up when black people are involved and some of the black yeah. guys lasted a while. So shout out to those dudes. Ethan mm-hmm. Kang lasted a while. Shout out to Ethan Kang. You know, just like, otherwise, I'm not really feeling it. Yeah. I was asking our followers, though, like, what, what, like, tell me the tea on the season. Jen, <laughs> when I tell you, there was this guy. Oh, my God. What is his name? I'm going to look it up. But there was this guy who had a sick dog. Oh, right? yeah. I heard about he had that. Yeah, the dog. There's this guy who has a dog. His dog has cancer. So he left his dog. <laughs> that has cancer to come on the show and brought his dog's favorite chew toy. And it was like, I'm like, what the fuck is going on here? Like what you took, you took, okay. So the guy's name is meatball. By the way. 
Oh, his that's so the one meatball. that goes by Meatball. Yes, he goes by Meatball. His dog's name is Rambo. Meatball took Rambo's chew toy on the show with him to be like, yeah, my dog, you know, to have a sweet moment to be like, yeah, my dog has cancer. This is his favorite chew toy. I feel sorry for me. But, you know, critically speaking, it's like, Okay, well, if you cared about your dog that much, why are you here? <laughs> why did you take his chew toy? I have yeah, questions. Well, why would you take his favorite toy? That's what I'm really hung up on. Like, yes. <laughs> like, why, why would you, would you take this? your dog's favorite toy? This is screaming narcissist to me. I'm not even going to lie to you. <laughs> like, of course, I'm, I'm pretty sure this is a joke, right? It probably wasn't his dog's favorite toy. I, I'm sure his dog actually does have cancer, though, because lying about that would be fucked up. But, be. you know, it's just like... It probably it wasn't was his, his dog's favorite toy. It probably wasn't, but the, it's, it's the some. words. It's the words, exactly. Because can you imagine if he picked up some random toy from the store and said, yeah, this is my dog's favorite toy? Like, that makes it so much worse. <laughs> because it's the trying to impress. It's the words. It's the trying and failing <laughs> very badly <laughs> to hit that mark. You know, like... So I was like, oh, so th these, this is what these women have to deal with. All right. Like, yep. I'm good. <laughs> I'm good. I can't do this. I can't do this. And that's how you know it's some white people shit. I can't do that shit. I can't right? do it at all. It's definitely <laughs> some white people shit. What else did they tell me? There was just like lots of media. Apparently there's lots of mediocre men with white, um, with main character syndrome. But I was like, isn't that all mediocre white men? Like, yes, it is. <laughs> they Next. All, they, all have, they all have main character syndrome. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah. So... I think that was that was pretty much that might have been it. Just mediocre white men, the dog named Rambo, a guy named Meatball. <laughs> I just that's enough. I'm glad I'm not watching this season. I heard they just filmed the mental all and um, you know, whatever. But that's it. I, that's all I, I, I just want to know about Paradise. I'm like, this is all so great. I'm sad that Jesse's hosting Paradise because I really think like that comedian side of thing, like this, the guest hosts of Paradise. Again, mm -hmm. just lean into making that. But I, you know what? I'm excited for Paradise. We're going to move on from that. What I do want to talk yes. about briefly is Dating and Related, that new Netflix show. It's going to be a reality show where these siblings date other siblings. Not, not they're not dating each other. Oh. It's not, it's not incest. It's, it's yeah, a oh, okay, group okay. Of siblings. <laughs> because dating and related, that's what it sounds like. That's what I said too. I'm like, this is not incest. We're sure, right? But, <laughs> but Melinda from Too Hot to Handle is hosting, and I'm so excited mm. to see her. Oh, in I her love hosting her. Bag. Exactly. Melinda, that's our girl. That's our girl. That's Melinda. our girl. I want to yeah. see her in her hosting bag. I want to see her get her flowers. So I'm excited to watch the show to see her host. And of yes. course, we know Too Hot to Handle, the other season is coming for that pretty soon. We know that you know, the new season of Love is Blind is going to come pretty soon as well, mm -hmm. as is the new season of The Ultimatum. So, oh, there's another season! Sorry, yes. that's my shit. I don't know why yes. that became my shit. Because I heard Love is Blind, and I was like, yeah. And then I heard Ultimatum, and I was like, ah! The show is all like this, and I love it, it so much. It, the, the Lachey Cinematic Universe is chaos personified, and you know what? I'm okay with that. So yeah. we, we do have some good non-Bachelor content coming once like we get mm -hmm. our shit together. But it's, I think it's hard to podcast or like live tweet about these shows because they drop all the episodes at once for the most part or yes. drop a bunch at once. So... Mm -hmm. If you're not tweeting like on the same day it drops, then you're not doing anything. You're right. just it's just not. And it's the same like connection. I don't 
And I, yeah, and I don't really want to tweet the same day it drops because then you're spoiling it for other people and da 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 da. So it's like, I want to give people room to watch it and digest and for themselves, but I also want to tweet about it <laughs> as I'm watching yeah. it. Immediately. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, oh, with that, Jan, we should do an episode because we don't have an episode about the ultimatum. I think we kind of did, we oh. kind of talked about it, but I don't yeah. think we shared all of our thoughts. And I would love to rewatch that shit because <laughs> <laughs> we should do an episode because that was, mm. I know people have probably stopped talking about it by now, but before season two drops, we need to do an episode on season one and then we can do season Okay. Two. So I, I guess we'll do it this way. So for the ultimatum, once we get the date for season two, we will do a recap episode of season one. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, that way everybody will be fresh for how yes. the chaos yes. went. And or it might be two episodes because it was a lot of chaos. It was a lot of it super was a lot of chaos. Happening. And there were two parts. Yes, there were two parts. So maybe it had to be two episodes unless we want to talk for like four hours, <laughs> which we have done before. So it's yes. not on this podcast, but we have done that before. So I don't know. We'll we'll figure that out. Um, yeah. Bridgerton season three is being filmed. We didn't talk about season two, but honestly, I think that what's understood doesn't need to be said. You know, like I we think didn't we're talk good. About season two? Not really. We didn't talk I about mean, Kate and I, what, I, I a little like bit. A I little feel like bit. We did a little bit. Yeah, probably at yeah. like the end of episodes. Yeah, we talked yeah. a little bit of maybe. Let's <laughs> go back. But we didn't stories. do a full episode about it, and no. I'm okay with that because. You know, Canthony is cool and all. I had my issues, like I said, about how they move the plot forward compared to the book. I think we should have stuck to the right. book. It would have been better, but it's fine. And so I'm interested to see how they're going to set up season three, even though it's white people, Colin and Penelope. Mm -hmm. I think that there is a lot of material there in Friends to Lovers, especially considering now they're like kind of not friends with how things ended right. at season two. They're kind of like fake enemies at this point. Like Colin, of course, is stuck up his own ass. He doesn't realize that they're enemies at the moment. But there is, you know, I think that I love Friends to Lovers as a story mm -hmm. because it's somebody you who knows you intimately and you, you already have that romance and that like mm -hmm. platonic interaction in a lot of cases. Right. But seeing each other with new eyes in a sexual way or like in an even deeper way. It's yeah, interesting. I'm I'm a fan and cuz I love going deeper with people and I don't just mm -hmm. mean penetration. I mean like actual <laughs> like emotional like diving into people. Depth. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. So that's what I'm into and I that's why I love friends to lovers as a thing. I also hate trauma, so I like when things are, you know, easy enough to just slide into. But <laughs> I wanted to bring that brings me to a point I wanted to make earlier when you're talking about women having deep, meaningful relationships with guy best friends. And I was like, yeah, but does your guy best friend want to fuck you? And I forgot to say that earlier. We can dive into that on our After Dark episode. But there is a thing that someone said to me and I thought was very true that most cishet men, when they're befriending women, they only befriend women they actually want to fuck. So if you give them the opportunity, they'll do it. So yeah, it's, it's not actually about them and their feelings or anything or like, oh, I really think I could be friends with her. It's because they're all waiting for that moment to hit. <laughs> I feel like, okay, no, I feel that too because I feel like I wouldn't have certain male friends if they didn't want to fuck. <laughs> but then I also feel like you get to the point where it's like, yeah, that's not an option no more. Like we're actually friends. Sometimes I say that and I have no real male friends right now because I fucked up. But <laughs> I feel like at some point, 
you know, the the sexual tension dies down and it's like, wait a minute, like we're friends, friends. <laughs> you know, when once they get over mm-hmm. that, once they realize once they realize they ain't got not getting some some pussy, then you can be friends. <laughs> okay. I guess, I guess. So I mean, that's all I have. I feel like if we talk any longer, it's gonna be like a three hour long episode and we need to give yeah. them something to look forward to. So exactly. I will put the poll for do we wanna do, you know, <laughs> Episode after dark. Oh yes, episode <laughs> after dark. Yes, that's that's. Yeah. Let us know, y'all. I'll put it in a Spotify poll too. Let us know mm-hmm. if you want the after dark episode. If you want the juicy deets, um, and then yeah, we'll put out polls on Instagram and Twitter too. So if you see a poll, also oh, so I'm making a Twitter circle. Um, if you go on our page, you'll see the tweet I tweeted. If you want to be part of our Twitter circle, like the tweet, like the tweet, I'll add you to our circle. Just so you know, the circle's probably not going to be friendly towards white people and men. (laughs) It's probably just more, more of this. It's just in a more enclosed space so the racists don't attack, you know, because when mm-hmm. I tweet my mind, the racists always creep out of the shadows and say da 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 blah, 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 blah. And sometimes I just want to tweet shit without racists coming at me. So that's why we have a circle. <laughs> correct. Correct. That's really what that is. Um, I've thought about the, you know, eventual subscription side of things. If you get like a, a bigger number of following on IG, there's like a subscription portion that you can do. Oh, yes. I saw that you have a, they but, have a subscription service now. But we have to get like a lot of followers for that. So if you all want that for IG, please be sure to follow us there. Yes. At Blashlorettes. Follow us on Twitter. Follow us on Instagram. Jen's holding it down on the Instagram with the daily content on our stories. And then follow us on Twitter. I don't be tweeting right now, but I be tweeting. (laughs) Yeah. And I tweet sometimes when Lex hasn't tweeted in a while. So sometimes I'll pop in and be like, I'm still alive over here too. Okay, bye. (laughs) Follow us on Twitter and join the circle and you will see all, all of the hot takes because your girl coming back. I'm going to be unfiltered. <laughs> yep. More the- unfiltered, I should say, because when did I, when mm-hmm. was I filtered? <laughs> yeah, we were never actually filtered. So oh. that's all we have for this week's episode, for the first episode in a long time. Oh, also, yeah. as you know, new episode art is coming soon to Match Paradise. Lex and I have already talked about it. It's going to be beautiful. So- yes, it's going to be lovely. <laughs> Looking forward to covering Paradise with you all in case you haven't, in case you haven't heard <laughs> by now. We're going to be covering Paradise. So... Yes, look out for that. And then, you know, we'll be covering little things between. But thanks, y'all. Thanks for listening, y'all. We are girls still here, still still chugging along, being our black ass bachelorette selves. <laughs> yeah, we, we're still doing the thing. We're still doing the thing. Still so, you know, take it away for them, Lex. So, I'm Lex. She's Jen. And we are the Bachelorettes. Catch you next time, y'all. Bye, everyone. Deuces! <laughs>